Welcome to We Are The Watchers. This is episode 272, top of the day to you, Leah, who is here all by herself. I don't want to talk in third person. I'm here all by myself. It's a solo episode. I think this is the second one. I'm pretty sure this is only the second time I've actually done a solo episode. Uh, the first time a guest fell through at the last minute and I was like, oh, I need to do it right now. So I just kind of went for it. And this time Steph and I just couldn't, our, we, we, our, our schedules couldn't uh, actually sync up. Uh, yeah, so when, when, when she was working, I wasn't. When I was working, she, you know, she wasn't and, and vice versa. And it just, it just didn't work out. And I thought, well, we don't have time. We don't, I just have to get it done. I just have to get it done. So um, we'll probably get through uh, the same amount of news, but maybe the watching suggestions will be a little slimmer than than usual. Become a watcher on Facebook. Facebook.com slash We Are The Watchers. So what I was thinking with the watching suggestions this week is I might I might actually just go through a kind of almost like a back catalogue of stuff where um, either I – have not spoken about it or else I've forgotten that I've spoken about it and then you can just be like, Leah, you don't remember what you've said and and we'll all just carry on. We'll just carry on. Or 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 think of it like this, right? I give you a watching suggestion that I've already given you, but you never got around to watching it, so it's like a, a a memory jogger for you. And then you'll be like, Leah, that's amazing. You've done it. Thank you so much for being so considerate. And definitely not forget for yourself. And I'll be like, you're so welcome. And we'll do that very soon. But there is a fair bit of news out in the uh, out in the internet world today, or this week, I should say. So let's crack on into some meow. Firstly, a bit of Star Wars news. I feel like there hasn't been much, or at least I haven't really been looking at it uh, recently. And this one is kind of catching up, checking in with a couple of older pieces of Star Wars news that kind of went a bit silent uh, for, for, for a while. So according to some secret squirrel reports, Star Wars movies that were announced as being things that were in production or pre-production or were definitely potentially going to happen are now not. Patty Jenkins, who directed Wonder Woman and a whole heap of other stuff, she was going to do a film called Rogue Squadron, which looked really interesting. It sounded really cool, um, you know, not not sort of your central Star Wars Skywalker storyline, but uh, different. Anyway, it's no longer in active development, which is kind of disappointing because I thought that one sounded really interesting. So don't expect that at all uh, in, in the next year or two. Um, and do you remember there was word that Kevin Feige was also doing a Star Wars movie? Uh, of course, Kevin from the Marvel Studios world, you know, he's all thing Mar- all things Marvel. And I thought, oh, that'd be really interesting to see his take on Star Wars, whether it ends up being a little superhero-ish or not. I mean, he's really good at having super successful Marvel films and TV shows. So I thought, yeah, in great hands if, if, if he gets behind it. But also that is no longer in development as well. Uh, I don't 
believe there was ever any word as to exactly what his film that he was working on for Star Wars was about. But, well, we won't know, or at least we won't know for a while. But there is another project, a Star Wars project film, that it's still being in development. They haven't announced anything that would indicate that it's it's just been shelved. And that's Taika Waititi's Star Wars film. So at least we've got, you know, a live action Star Wars film from a a very well-known director coming out uh, sometime in the near future in the next couple of years. And I I do feel like a Taika Waititi Star Wars film, it's kind of like... As a Star Wars fan, you feel like you feel like it's in good hands. I mean, he—if you remember—he did a little bit in Mandalorian. Was it season one? Was it season two, or was it both? It was definitely season one, I think. Yeah, it was definitely season one. So to have him sort of come back and take the reins and direct a uh, full motion picture film, uh, yeah, very very happy, very happy with that. There was word, I was looking at an IGN article actually about this, about the Rogue Squadron film and how it's been sort of shelved, the, the, the Patty Jenkins one, and they indicated that they're, they're not really super surprised that this one has been sort of put in the back burner um, simply because of the amount of times that it has been pushed back because uh, we heard about it in 2020 in the Disney Investor Day and then it was sort of talked about in 2021 and then that was kind of it. Feige's uh, film was announced back in 2019 and this is weird because in my head I thought that they were sort of announced at the same time but you can't keep up with everything. (laughs) Timelines are difficult as, you know, just my own personal timeline is difficult to try and keep a handle on so I guess it makes sense that I've kind of put all of these potential Star Wars films uh, in in the one bucket. But, yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that we won't see those, but maybe having a little break from Star Wars motion pictures is probably not a bad thing. If I have a look at what we've got for the very near future, of course, Mandalorian Season 3, awesome. We'll definitely be watching that. But also I'm excited to jump into the sequel, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I think that game was really, really good fun. It took me a while to actually play it. Um, I played it probably a couple of years after it came out. And this is something about you being able to be a Jedi, being able to play, well, not play, I mean, you're being super serious with your uh, lightsaber. I don't know. it, It felt really cool. I felt like a little kid who had been given the the Jedi reigns and the the story was quite I, I quite enjoyed the story. Some people thought it was really sort of cookie cutter, but I think it really worked. It kept me happy. I was enjoying the different worlds that you were jumping back into. You know, you were going from one one world to another to another, um, depending on the storyline. And I'm hoping to see more of that, you know, more planets, you know, have I think there were three or four, maybe four planets that you went went to in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and I would like to see maybe six or something you know just give give us a couple more make the levels within those worlds a little bit longer or more intricate you know even like a a confusing hollow night kind of thing where you know you're having to go this way that way that way where am I going you get all like confused and then suddenly you come out somewhere you're like oh I'm here okay cool it's like a Metroid kind of thing I guess is is what I'm trying to to get at so yeah uh, whilst we have a couple of non-Star Wars movies uh, coming out now, well, not coming out now, unfortunately. We've still got a few Star Wars things to look forward to. So I'm not, it's 
I'm not crying. It's not the end of the world. Other things will come up. Not even just Star Wars things. There's just so many other things to watch and read and play and consume that, uh, I don't know, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that uh, we're not inundated. For a visual representation of this audio, check out the Watchers podcast on Instagram. ABC in the US is having a little chat with Ellie Kempler who was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She was Kimmy Schmidt. And also, do you remember she was in Bride Bridesmaids? She was in that as well. She was like that super um, positive character who was uh, <laughs> who was along for the ride, got sick with all of them. Yeah, she had some really good uh, li- little moments in, in scenes, but she's gone on to bigger and better things. She was in The Office and a whole heap of other stuff. But anyway... They really want her, ABC that is, in the US, for a comedy, a brand new comedy. It's actually based on a British series, but they they want to get a pilot going called Motherland. And it's about a character called Julia, who is a working mom. And uh, this this is the synopsis, right? A working mom who for whom nothing is working, so she goes looking for her village. Like, is that an actual village or, like, are they talking like a tribe or something? So with help of her new friend, she's got, like, a new cast probably of all quirky characters, she discovers she might succeed at balancing work and parenting from time to time. And uh, the synopsis goes on to say, this is a comedy for anybody who's dropped their kids at school, breathed a sigh of relief, and then realised, it's Sunday. So I, th- I think that that should be a bit of fun. I always think she's really good in everything she does, particularly if it's comedy related. So Motherland, uh, just a pilot at this point in time, but we'll keep an eye on it and see if it comes to fruition. I mean, if it's got her in it, I would suspect it's got some sort of success uh, in in turning into at least one series or one season, I should say. Hayden Panettiere, who is a name that I haven't heard of for a while and i I've never, I, you, you know what? I'm not even sure I've seen that many of her things. I know that Steph was a uh, a fan of Nashville. She watched a fair bit of of, of that series, which uh, Hayden was a part of. But uh, yeah, I don't think I've seen her in much. But I, I definitely know of her. You know, I know that she's actress has been in a whole heap of stuff. She might have been a child actor as well. Am I right or am I right? I think I'm right. Anyway, she reckons that she has willed her character from the Scream series, the Scream movie franchise, into uh, being back into existence because she she called the directors of Scream, uh, Scream 6 and was like, I could be in Scream 6. That would be fine. I could probably do it because, uh, and and I quote, I willed her, her character in the Scream series, back into existence and I called the directors. I actually called them when they were doing Scream Scream 5 and I was like, without me? Wait, hold on. I might still be alive and I could be quite handy. And apparently they were like, all right. Didn't see, they saw Kirby get stabbed, but uh, we didn't actually see her die, Hayden said. She said we also didn't see her rescued either. So there might be a bit of human trauma. Uh, maybe, maybe something's changed within her. And uh, she said that that's something that she could uh, relate to as well. So I, I'm kind of a fan of the fact that the Scream series is back, you know. The people have really embraced it. And uh, 
people love a good horror film and they and even more they love a good horror franchise where there's a whole heap of them you know you can you can start with the first scream and just watch all of them throughout usually october you know for halloween and that kind of thing and uh, you know it's something i can get behind and if if this is like a wonderful comeback for hayden and the scream series well let's let's see what her character kirby does the podcast that believes in pyramids of greatness you're listening to We Are The Watchers. Now, I'm going to, I don't even know if I've confessed this, but I never actually watched the end of The Walking Dead. I kind of, because do, do you remember what they would do is they would have one season and they would break it up into two parts. So, uh, you know, season 10, part one would happen and then they would have a break over Christmas and New Year's and then they would have season 10, part two coming back um, you know, in February or so, or something like that. And when they did that for the very final season, I was just like, mm, I can't really be bothered. I feel like I've finished Walking Dead. I did watch the last season of Fear the Walking Dead because there were some interesting parts where um, some characters – their, their journey w- w- was ending and then other characters were sort of coming back and I was like, oh, you know, I, I'm interested to check in and see how, how that goes. And whilst uh, they do have one more season of Fear the Walking Dead and they have said it is their final season, I, I'm not sure I'm going to watch it. I kind of feel like I've gotten my fear and my Walking Dead feel uh, for, for now. I did read up on what happened in the season finale of The Walking Dead and that felt like enough for me. I was like, oh, okay, yep, sure. But there was always that thing, that that bit of news, uh, the announcement that happened when Rick and Michonne left the show that there was going to be a Rick and Michonne movie or it was like, was it three films or something like that? It was, it, it, it was a thing that they were promising sometime in the future and it just years went by and it never happened, never happened. They never said anything about it. And then, then they did announce that there was going to be a six episode series about Rick and Michonne, I'm assuming finding each other and getting back together. And it's definitely happening. It 100% is happening. In fact, I think it may even be in production as, as we speak. Anyway, there's a little bit of casting news. If you're a Lucifer fan, uh, Leslie Ann Brandt has been cast as a character. I think her name was Pearl. And the reason why I didn't really pay too much attention to the, her, her character's name is because there's absolutely no bit of information about, about her character, Pearl, other than the fact that that is her name and that Leslie Ann will be playing her and that uh, she is a recurring role. So maybe she's part of a community that uh, either Rick or Michonne are a part of. I, I don't know. But uh, it was so funny just reading the synopsis of what's going to happen in in this Rick and Michonne series. In fact, I'm going to read it to you now because I want to do a slow eye roll. Uh, (laughs) Rick and Michonne are thrown into another world built on a war against the dead and ultimately a war against the living. Can they find each other and who they are in a place and a situation unlike any that they've ever known before? Are there enemies? Are they enemies? Lovers, victims, victors? Without each other, are they even alive? Or will they find that they too are the walking dead? I was like, what are you talking about? Where they're having a war against the dead and the living? That's literally every single season of The Walking Dead. That's what it is. Uh, Anyway, I think that that would be a nice little... um, 
send off only six episodes. I feel that that's really achievable. I can. I, I don't feel like I have to watch part A and part B of a whole entire season where the main characters left years ago. I can actually watch the main characters finish the story and feel quite happy. And I know that there's also, you know, the 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 Daryl Dixon Walking Dead series. I I I don't know, it's not really screaming at me to to watch. Kind of interested in that Walking Dead Dead City, you know the one with um Lauren Cohen and Jeffrey Dean Morgan as as Maggie and Negan just because they're going into New York and I feel like that I think that New York would be a really interesting uh, it, it, almost like an extra character uh, and see how New York survived the, the zombie apocalypse. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of your Walking Dead news for a while. I don't think we've checked in with the Walking Dead for a, fair, uh, <laughs> a long time, actually. Um, but, yeah, a few things to look forward to. Follow The Watchers on Twitter at the Watchers Pod one do you like sneakers? Do you like Final Fantasy XIV? Because, boy, do I have the crossover for you. Uh, Puma, or if you are from maybe America, you'd say Puma. Am I right? Puma. Uh, they've announced that they're releasing a new shoe collection inspired, inspired by Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, and it's coming out this 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 March, like the fifteenth, so really super soon. So there's going to be a few different models of the the Final Fantasy Puma sneakers, and one's kind of like a lighter, and ones that are darker versions. So there'll be like bright colours, white, green, and blue, and the darker versions will just have black and blue. And I don't really know too much about the Final Fantasy franchise to be able to sort of tell you what exactly is is going to feature on it because I'd just be saying things that I don't know what I'm talking about, basically. But I know that a lot of people really like to buy sneakers um, and not wear them. So these would be collector, you know, collector sneakers, and they don't seem too much. I'm looking at uh, how much in US dollars, $125 for these. That, that doesn't sound too bad for, for a pair that if you're a massive uh, Final Fantasy fan, maybe they'd be really nice to have. And apparently there's a new Final Fantasy game coming out uh, late June on the, on the PlayStation and um, a PC as well a little bit later on in the year. So, yeah, I guess they're ramping up a bit of publicity and marketing and how better to uh, get people who love sneakers to just show them off, pop them on uh, their TikTok and Instagram and all that kind of thing. Gee, we've been talking a fair bit about movie franchises this episode. I don't know why. You know, it's, it's interesting the kind of things that pop up week to week. Sometimes it's it's the weird kind of quirky stories. Other times there's some just interesting casting news about actors. And you, you, I, I do like the casting news just because it's stuff to um to just keep in the back of your mind you know like I don't know I'm making this up but say Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to do a film with Arnold Schwarzenegger or something and it's about two men who are in a movie together I I, it it could be super meta something like that whatever um but it's kind of like oh pop that in the back of my mind so that when we hear a bit more news about it I'd be like oh that's right that's yeah I remember hearing about that just get a little bit more interested in it but this one um this week is just all about these massive franchises so Alien another huge you know along with Star Wars uh and Scream another huge franchise and it looks like they're gonna get another film Let's go put another one in there. Do you want to know how many now? Nine. This will be the ninth Alien 
film. I mean, they have been making it since what the late seventies, so it makes sense that uh, <laughs> that uh, they're up to number nine now. Maybe they've actually been quite conservative in 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 how long they've they've gone between films. But this one, uh, I kind of feel like it's almost the alien film for Netflix young adult like teenager audience and I'm not saying it's going to Netflix it's just it it kind of reads to me the synopsis like those those Netflix films and TV shows that uh, you know are for that that young audience but see but see what you think here we go in this ninth entry in the immensely popular and enduring film series I would have just said in the ninth alien film but we'll go on we'll go on oh, sorry back into the voice a group of young people on a distant world find themselves in confrontation with the most terrifying life form in the universe. So I'm guessing it's an alien. So whole heap of young people uh, probably like having a fight with each other, maybe, you know, maybe there's a couple of love interests in, in the group and then, uh, you know, they all have to band together and try and uh, not die and kill the alien. But it might work. It sounds interesting that it's on a different planet. No word on when that's actually going to come out. Uh, it was only announced that they were going to have a new Alien film uh, last year. So I'm not sure when. There's been no release date or even like release window. But uh, if you're an Alien fan, just get excited. Keep a lookout for it. I'm sure it's coming to you soon. Let's get into some watching suggestions. Got a watching suggestion? Email thewatcherspodcast at gmail.com. Now, I have been re-watching a bit of uh, Utopia, the, the Aussie comedy, just because, uh, I don't know, when it's lunchtime and you just want to sit and watch something fun and easy, it's it's a really good one to, for, for me to sit down and watch. But one that I started watching oh, years ago, maybe like three years ago, is a Japanese show called Midnight Diner. And it's on Netflix and it's just super chill and easy and a nice cozy watch. It's about a guy who owns a diner that he only opens at midnight and he closes it, you know, as, as the sun comes up. And he's got a lot of regulars and, you know, new people come in and out and ask for very specific dishes. And uh, there's a lot about not just the uh, characters, the, the the people who come into his diner, but it's also a lot about the, the food as well. And, oh, geez, I think... I think it went for close to 10 years. Like it's the, the, the show's been around for a while, so it's not brand new. But if you haven't watched it before, I would really recommend it. Uh, jumping back into it again, I don't know what Netflix did the first time I watched it because jumping back into it again, I've obviously been st- I've started from the beginning and there are episodes that I definitely 100% did not see and then the next episode uh, will come on and I will have seen it and then the following episode will come on and I have definitely never seen that one either. So I'm not quite sure how how I was uh, being delivered the, uh, the the series initially, but, you know, I'm, it's, it's definitely chronological now. And uh, I just, I, I recommend if you've had a day where you're like, oh my gosh, I am sick of all of the things from today and you're, you're just mentally exhausted and you just want to lie on the lounge and you don't want to get invested in anything even even a reality show, you just you just don't want to get invested in anything that's going to, to take too much emotion or um, brain power. 
definitely Midnight Diner. It's really good. And because I've been watching it, I've also been recommended The Mac and I, Cooking for the Mako House. And this is a, it's almost like the Midnight Diner, but for younger people. And it's it's based in Kyoto. And it's about two young girls who move from a, a small village to Kyoto because they want to become geishas. And cooking for geishas, and yeah, it's 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 really interesting to watch how that kind of world works, and how it's still a really popular uh, thing for young girls to want to be a part of, and to sort of understand what it what 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 a, what a geisha does, you know, and and why they are so incredibly renowned within not just Japanese culture but within the world. Uh, it can get a little bit teenagery at times, but I'm still really enjoying it. And it's another cozy, nice watch. Uh, there's there's a whole heap of great things that once once a streaming service algorithm uh, picks up on something a little bit different that you have decided to jump into, and they, then they start feeding you stuff uh, similar to that. And that's when you can find some real nuggets of gold, I reckon. And that is one of them. That is definitely one of those nuggets. I don't know what it is about cooking, but I have also been jumping into Pressure Cooker on Netflix as well. This is a cooking competition. It's kind of like um, imagine Top Chef mixed with Big Brother. So they have to uh, cook uh, against each other. Someone gets eliminated every episode, but they're also living basically in the um, in the production house that, <laughs> that they're filming in. Uh, it must be really horrible. I would not like it at all, but uh, they, they are doing it. And because it's uh, kind of Big Brother-like, there's all like this talking behind each other's back, you know, oh, what if you team up with me for the next cooking cooking challenge and then, you know, we'll vote this person out because they're a bigger threat, they're a better cook than we are. So, yeah, and and I don't know, I don't know, it's a really easy show to watch that you get sucked into. You're just like, it's the opposite of Midnight Diner where you just watch it for coziness. This one you watch, you know, you're like, oh, okay, who's going to be really bitchy to each other now and uh, whilst trying to cook like these amazing meals. But there's one there's one phrase that is super chefy, and I'm not sure I like it, but I'm not a chef and I don't work in the industry, so I don't know if I can actually have any sort of say in the matter. But I don't like when they say, it's a real cheese-forward meal, which means the main part of the dish is cheese. And why don't you just, I, I don't know, it's just, it's just such a technical way to, to say it. And I understand, like, they're not saying it, they're, they're not cooking that kind of thing for enjoyment. Uh, but I'm, I'm watching for enjoyment for them to be like, yes, the proteins are great and it's a real cheese-forward dish. I'm like, oh, can't you just say it's got cheese and chicken? It's going to be delicious. But no, they can't. They can't. I understand why, but I don't know. It's just too technical for me. It's kind of like juxtaposes my, you know, cozy love of food. You know, like, oh, that looks delicious. I want to get into it big time. I've been watching a bit more of Abbott Elementary on Disney+. Plus. They've got their second season out and it's been out for ages, uh, but I've been slowly kind of w- watching it. I've also been enjoying more of Not Dead Yet, which Steph and I talked about last week. Uh, quite fun. There's this kind of like a continuing storyline from last episode, uh, last week's episode to, to this week's episode, which was uh, good fun and it kind of did finish off. Um, but I, because so far it's kind of felt like 
each episode is a story in itself almost, you know. I mean, that's how a lot of those sitcoms work, but this one kind of had that, yeah, we're going to continue this story uh, a, a little bit longer. So so I guess that we can see the character's progression and that kind of thing. But, yeah, really good show and I would definitely recommend it to you. And lastly, not so, it's not something that I've watched. It's something that I've played. I've played Kill Zone Shadows Fall, I believe is what it was called. It's a game, it's a few years old now. It's by the developers who also make Horizon, Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West, you know, the world of Aloy. And this is the season, uh, the, the franchise that they made before they came up with, with Aloy and that world. And I knew of it, but I never played it before. And I just thought oh, it'd be really interesting to to just start playing it and see exactly how similar it is to Horizon and what aspects of Killzone have has Guerrilla, Guerrilla Games taken from their Killzone franchise into the Aloy, the Horizon franchise. Franchise? I said that in a really weird way, sorry. And I only played the storyline. I only played the story. I, I I know it's multiplayer as well, but I didn't. I I just played the story. It was quite long, actually. It was longer than I thought it would be. Maybe about ten, maybe more hours. And it definitely had that feeling and style that those multiplayer games have, where you know, like your Call of Duties, where they'll have a story that you can play a campaign. Uh, and it's almost like a warm up or kind of like, oh, if you, you're kind of not sure if you want to play multiplayer, play this first kind of thing. And um, it definitely felt like that. And there were moments where I was like, I don't care what the storyline is. I'm just going to get through here and there are bad guys over there and I'm going to pick which weapon I want to, uh, to, to shoot them with, that kind of thing. But there were, there were definite moments in Killzone where I was like, oh, this is where they got this idea for Horizon. And it was mainly like, you know, power cores, like you got to pull the power core out of here, all the lights go down, and then you walk it into another area, and then you you put it into a new power core socket, and suddenly there's, there's power, it's generating power for um for, for the next step. And there were a lot of those puzzles. I definitely remember them in for, uh, Forbidden West. They were, they were probably in Horizon Zero Dawn as well. I'm not, it's been a while since I've played that, but it's it, it, was, it was really noticeable. I was like, oh, that's exactly where they've gotten it from. But the rest of of it I'd, I'd say is is really different. It's not an open world game, but I haven't played the other Kill Zone, so I don't know if if they are open world as well. I'm just basing it on on one of the franchise. But yeah, it, it was enjoyable to watch and see and play and experience a game by a developer that I really like before before the game that I really like them from, you know, that, that I really like they that they made. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And that also meant that now I am back into The Last of Us, uh, the first game. I've started playing that again. Got through the beginning, if you've played it and or if you've watched the, uh, the first episode, you've got to get through that beginning bit. And I am probably maybe three hours in now. And there are bits that I remember and there are bits that I don't. And the funny thing is the bits that I remember are not necessarily the storylines, but it, it you walk into an area and you'd be like, oh, that's right. I remember this bit. You have to stealth around here, not be heard by that bloke over there. There might be a clicker in this bit. Maybe I can, you know, 
get through without even having to go anywhere near them, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, more gameplay that um, that I remember than than anything else. And I don't think I'm going to get through it quickly, but I don't really need to. I'm just going to play it at my own pace and 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 enjoy. Well, I reckon that's enough watching now. I mean, I do have a lot a lot of other things that I've watched, but I might save it because I feel like I've been talking to myself for a very long time now. You know why? Because I have. I've been talking to myself for a very long time. And it's a hard, like, I find that doing solo podcasts are really difficult compared to, you know, doing a radio show by yourself. Because when you have a radio show by yourself, you've got different segments, right? And although we've got different segments in this show, I mean, in this podcast, you have like this rundown in radio where you can be like, okay, well, I've I can fill some time up now by talking about the weather. Well, it's pointless me talking about the weather, right? Because the weather's not going to be the same for you as it is for me. It's not live. Uh, I there's no I, I can't even say, oh, let's have a look at the traffic because we can't do that. Uh, coming up next, well, I, I mean, I can say it's coming up next, but I can't even play a snippet of it because I haven't done it yet. So it's like a whole heap of that stuff and there's no music. I can't I can't sort of say, yeah, coming up in three songs time, we've got probably Pink because she's on always on radio, at least here here in Australia. Um, I can't do any of that. It's, it's just all talking, all talking all the time. So I think I'm going to spend the rest of the day not speaking and there's no quiz because why would I quiz myself? <laughs> we'll get back into that. In fact, I do have uh, in the next couple of weeks, I've got uh, a really cool special for you. I got cool. I actually got a couple of nice little surprises for you coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, oh, there you go. I'm forward selling those. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be a lot of fun to to listen to because they were fun to to edit as well. I've already done them. They're already done. So on that note, Leah, thank you very much. Oh, no one's ever said that to me before. Uh, you're you're welcome, Leah. Thank you for the thank you for the thank you for the talking times. Mm-hmm.